0: Check. Check, 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 check.
1: Misery Monday commences here at Chop Supports. I'm really fucking struggling today. And welcome everybody to episode number 32 of the Chopheads MMA podcast. I got myself, Chris Gucci. I got my boy, the Reverend Tommy D, in the building. And I am not. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I th- I know obviously everyone knows it's a theme here, but lately, bro, these Mondays have been just oof. Today, you you walked in today, and, and Jimmy Palumbo was still here. Has yep. that has that happened to you on a Monday yet?
0: Yeah. So this is episode thirty-two, the Marcus Allen episode here oh, at uh, Chop Heads gracious. MMA. I love Jimmy. I don't. <laughs> I, I, I love Jimmy. Jimmy's <laughs> a fun dude,
1: but when Jimmy gets here at ten o'clock to do the daily show, and then I'm doing podcast three straight podcasts with Jimmy. And a lot of in between, man. There's a lot of a lot of bullshit that's going on in between, and it's just I would like to get more done. And by the time you get here, I'm fucking over
0: it. And I got here really fucking. You got early, here really early.
1: Too. I I ex- when I saw you, I was very excited. I'm like, wow, we're gonna get to record, boom. And then I was like, oh, I didn't do Jimmy's flyer yet. And <laughs> you have to understand something about the the flyer. That's not for the the podcast network. That's for his comedy show. So I'm just doing a favor there, which is fine. I love Jimmy to death, but it is what it is. Not such a huge weekend for MMA. There was an MMA fight on. There was a UFC card. But, again, I knew nothing about it, bro. And I I almost want to fucking slap myself across my own face because I don't want to... We're doing an MMA podcast. I blame the MMA. I mean, I blame
0: the UFC for not marketing this like it's an actual UFC event. I mean, we we touched on it last week that there was going to be an event this weekend. But, look, you know, they're getting down to the end of the year. You know, I think their next card is December 3rd. I don't think they have anything that's that exciting coming up. You I know, believe there's only two more two more
1: cards left of 2021. Yeah. Maybe three if there's like an undisclosed fight night that they haven't talked about yet at all because that's basically what's been happening outside of the pay-per-views. I really don't think they do a good enough job marketing, but that's not really what we're going to talk about today. We'll mainly talk about the lackluster card because I think there was about 13 decisions in this
0: yeah, I, I threw seriously through. think there that was the really most no- exciting... There was all decisions. Yeah. But the, the most exciting thing out of it, everybody's going to think I'm going to say Tate. No, is the, the Adrian Yanez kid who called out Sean O'Malley, who's, as we've discussed, is not taking any fights with anybody. And this kid put himself out there. And, of course, the current champ, Aljamain Sterling, tweeted at Sugar Show... So, Sugar Show, who are you going to fight? And then Sugar Show answered, Adrian Yanez. We'll see about that.
1: Um, I don't buy anything that I see on Twitter, especially when it comes to O'Malley, because, and really, I guess that's probably a, a fighter that he should be calling out. Is that guy even ranked? No, no. So maybe he shouldn't be calling him out. But I mean, he, he
0: took. I mean, he took some. He took some good shots at Sugar Show too. He's like, you know, he talks about how he's all big and bad and they're giving him guys that are on the way out to knock out. He goes, but he had a guy like Ricky Simone that wanted to fight him and he turned the fight down. I would say that, like,
1: you're right, you know, but I don't want to talk, I don't want to beat the O'Malley thing to death because I feel like that's something that we've done on this show time and time again, and until he actually does sign the dotted line against a ranked opponent and the fight actually takes place, there's not some late... Replacement of some guy that is ranked 80th or just signed on to fight that week, I I, can't, I don't want to pay much mind to it. Honestly, the O'Malley thing, I don't want to say I'm tired of it before it even
0: got started, but I'm almost tired How of it. How crazy is that that we're almost tired of it and it didn't even like it's not even started? He's never had a number one contender fight. He's never had a fu- you know th- his biggest fight was Cheeto Vera. And Cheeto Rivera
1: beat up on him for the better part of five minutes until, I don't even know if that was, I think it was the second round where that that TKO finish took place, but the entire fight leading up to that point, you could say, oh, dead leg, but look, when you get kicked in the leg, you get dead leg, that's what happens. I
0: mean, look, at least his face didn't get all wonky, you know, for sugar show.
1: I'm confused by what you're saying. Like his so he got he didn't get the Gabell's palsy. Yeah, he in his didn't his face. Get, he just he got get, it in his leg. He didn't
0: get the Frankie face.
1: Oh, oh, I get now. I get what you're saying. Um yeah. he, he
0: didn't get the uh the Chris Gucci reface. Do you know what I think
1: was the biggest takeaway from this fight though? Obviously the fact that Misha Tate pretty much got put in her place. Now she's you asked me the question prior to the show, is the Misha Tate situation, is she an actual title contender or is she just feeling, fighting out her contract at this point? I never thought of her as the title contender coming back. It was more or less like, you know, I'm I'm I did my other thing that I she she was in MMA for a while, wrestling for a while. She wanted to be a mom, start a family. She did that and then
0: she had the itch to compete is again. She's still like a high official with one championship. Who? Misha. Like, she's the upper brass of 1FC.
1: Oh, is she really? Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea. Shows what I know about uh, international MMA at this point. I really don't know anything. Outside of Pride, I really never really got
0: into any of the other promotions. But yeah, she. I, I don't know. I think she thought that now that Ronda's gone, Cyborg's gone, all the the names that were there on her rise are gone. Maybe this could be her time. I never thought she could beat Amanda Nunes. See, I even think even less of the case
1: would be her time because of all the names that are gone, because those names are gone because they're kind of the time comes and goes in in MMA. You have a small window. I would imagine even a smaller window in women's MMA. I don't know if that's me being, you know, politically incorrect. Probably it is. I just feel like there's a smaller window based on the fact that she's now mom. These things are it's a it's one of the harsh realities of the situation it's like you know you you notice that you, there's never been a female champion that's also a mom look it up never been a female champion holly holm and, doesn't have kids holly holm does not have kids and if she did it wasn't while she was champion go ahead well next. that's probably why you know I, how I know it. that because michelle waterson that was her her thing that she wanted to be the first uh champion yeah. mom I, I guess you could say amanda nunez but she didn't she didn't carry the baby to the baby yeah so. Oh, I was on your your terrible joke that i know is about to no
0: talk. not at all did you see not that? At all. i was
1: like oh <laughs> no, no no
0: i was gonna say the same thing like you know amanda nunez is probably why she didn't carry the baby i mean you gotta think it, that's some time that you're taking off training you know just to begin with i think like when tara was pregnant with my son she still trained jujitsu till about like six months pregnant she's like i can't do this anymore you can't have somebody sit on your stomach
1: like ne- neon really belly treat? Yeah, exactly <laughs> No, 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 no But um, yeah, Misha Tate i am always been a fan of Misha Tate I, I, I never liked Ronda Rousey So I was always team Misha Because that was the rivalry When, when women's MMA started budding in the UFC But I think it's just time You know, We're going to get to see her two more times I think there's two fights left on the deal I, I don't think it likely that she's going to retire again With any fights on her contract Because then it kind of hinders you In your post-fighting career because if the UFC owns the rights to you, then if she ever wanted to box or anything, she'll never be able, to be able to do that. So I expect her to at least finish out her contract. But as she finishes out her contract, we finish out talking about her on this show for now. Until she gets named to fight again. But well, there's I really mean, no reason to before, continue We're this. not
0: talking about Caitlyn Vieira. I mean, beat the piss out of her. Where does Caitlyn Vieira go from here?
1: Um you would have to go on the internet and fucking <laughs> google the the rankings and maybe a couple fighters and I don't I run the risk of sounding like I don't know what I'm talking about that's okay because you know what I don't outside of maybe four or five female fighters I really don't know any and I don't I don't really find that to be a big deal I don't well,
0: not, at what point do we think that they need to start doing 2 on 1 against Amanda Nunes like Yeah we talked about that <laughs> Look
1: I think Ma- Amanda Nunes There's three fighters, two fighters in the world that I think would give Amanda Nunes serious problems. I think Kayla Harrison would beat the shit out of her in the right... Maybe not. She could get caught because I got to see her against a a legit striker and a legit
0: black belt in the same person. I think it's just the striking that would outdo Kayla Harrison.
1: Yeah, but also because Kayla Harrison would take the fight to the ground, ideally, you're going in there now against somebody who's as big as you, also... Dangerous on the ground, not nearly as dangerous as I, I would imagine Kayla Harrison also, can be. Also, same team, which is weird. Not that weird when you think about the amount of talent coming off that team. Yeah. It's really not that weird. But uh, Shevchenko, I think Shevchenko actually has probably a, a really good chance uh, against beating Nunez, more so than any other fighter that's been in the UFC history. Right, They've had close fight in the past. I think yeah. they have fought, and Shevchenko took her the distance, which you haven't really seen much of throughout... Um, well Nunez this was run. this
0: was uh this was back when Nunez had the the problems with her sinuses because you know her gas tank was awful when so she lost the cats in gano this Amanda Nunez would be very very interesting against uh Shevchenko. Shevchenko, um I think she wins on size alone but we should just see it yeah, we got to see it. There's really no other
1: money fights in the UFC for the females. Kayla Harrison's, uh, she's a long way away. I don't think that maybe she's John angry. Jones
0: needs to slap a pair of tits on and uh, fight in the women. I don't division. know who would be next.
1: And if I'm being honest, I'm not even sure which weight class they fought in.
0: I think it was 35. Yeah, was well, 35. All right. None,
1: nonetheless, we can move off of Demisha Tate and Ketlin, Ketlin Vieira. Yeah. Because we have no idea what's next for either of those two. But I do think, and this is how I brought this up, and I kind of fucked up my point, but the, the main story I thought coming out of this card was Sean Brady and how he kind of stole the press conference when DC walked by and he called out DC. He did a couple things right this week. And he was you know, he sounds like he wants all the smoke in his post fight presser. And then he had, he managed to get a call out a call-out by probably one of the hottest names in the sport right now. So if you could come away from a non-pay-per-view event, put on a decent performance, obviously, Kiss is a tough fighter. right? He's definitely a tough guy to put away, but he controlled that fight through and through. Mm -hmm. And Sean Brady definitely put himself on the map in terms of the welterweight division. Now there's another guy that we could add into the mix, athletic, good, young wrestler that has potential to make some noise. Um, I don't know that he's quite ready for the Kamsat situation just yet
0: but at the same time i would have thought the same thing about michael Chiesa going into this fight and yeah i think i think come shot will just destroy him now i'm not saying that to make fun of him i just think it's great that colby called him come shot because it works so well <laughs> and i'm a
1: huge comes out fan but and speaking of, i know that this is probably in your rundown but we're going to talk about it anyway speaking of colby um we're not talking about the one thing with colby but i have like this cody durkin guy Right? Is that his it's name? It, that's him. That's him. in rundown. Durkin. Yeah. So, we're going to... I'm just going to skip this. I'm going to I'm gonna skip ahead, and I'm going to talk about it, because you're just yeah, going to remove no, that fine. from the rundown. Because... That's fine. That was another thing that came away from this, where... Because this, this guy, is a good discussion to have. This, this guy's doing his best Colby Covington impression, and he said something to the likes of, um, I sent him back to China where he came
0: from. The MMA community was up in arms. Up in arms. I mean, it's just... It's... Be, like, he is getting... Look, he's he's not gonna find it hard to find a fight right now. That is, if Dana White is going to give him another fight. Um, I think what
1: he did was absolutely genius. I don't think it's a big deal what he said at all.
0: Yeah, I mean, okay, so I know is that the maybe I'll from get China?
1: maybe I'll get roasted for this, but exactly when when Derek Lewis knocked out Volkanovski with one second to go in the in the round, what do you think he said to the to uh, whoever gave the post fight interview? What do you think he said in the octagon?
0: Sending him back to I Russia, had to send him he, back to
1: Russia yeah. where he came from. Nobody blinked a fucking eye because Derek Lewis is an African-American. And it, so it really just comes down to the like the way the politically correctness in this country is kind of shaping things. I had no issue with it. And here's the beauty of what he said. The best thing about what he said, he was an undercard prelim fighter on a non-pay-per-view event. and He's the most the, talked in, about, the the most talked talked entire, about yeah. fighter yep. on that card. So he's got call-outs by everybody now. So, well done, yeah, you're shitty on the mic. Everything was terrible. The fight itself, I guess it was okay. I didn't really even see it, but from what i the highlights I mean, it was that I saw first fight the yes, UFC, so. he did decent. He made a name for himself this weekend where nobody else in this card did, even the main card fighter, like I found out that Sean
0: Brady beat Chiesa after I found out. like I didn't watch the fight live, so yeah, I found this out this kid put a target on his back that that no Champion will ever have, but you're right. I mean, I it didn't bother me that much. Like, he didn't say, like, what Rose said better dead than red. That didn't bother me either, considering the but I can understand people getting upset at that. But this, he said, I sent him back to China where he came from, he sent him back home on a loss. What I'm trying to understand, I understand that there is definitely, there was definitely some some undertone
1: there behind what he said, or there wasn't. That's up to you to determine. But the way I look at it is, whether there was or there wasn't, for you to perceive it that way, I think he did it on purpose with the understanding that it could be looked at as either way. People were going to get pissed off. It was a smart move for, for those reasons. I don't honestly have an issue with it. And we have to realize one thing here, one thing here, that this is a fucking fight game. This is what happens. You got guys that are guys and girls that are locking themselves in a cage to fight. You could say respect. I'm sure they have respect for each other. They they earned, he earned his respect in the cage. This that. But when you're talking about getting on the mic after a fight, you have about one minute, thirty seconds to one minute. If you win, if you lose, you get nothing. How much airtime do you get in the UFC? Not much. You know, not you, gotta take, a you, like gotta you got to take star. You got to take advantage of those something. situations and I think that he did that. So, you could say he's a dick, you could say he's wrong, you could say he's racist. I don't believe he's any of those three things. I think he's a smart guy taking advantage of a situation and whether he did it on purpose or not is irrelevant to me. He still did it and it worked out for him. I'd like to see him get knocked out in his next fight just because he looks like he bothers me. I don't I don't does that make sense to you? Like just the way he looks, I'm like, "Oh, what a fucking
0: well that's why i don't like misha tate because of brian carroll like that that stink will never get off her to me all right anyway we're going to shift gears
1: off of this lackluster event that took place and we're going to move towards a little bit of boxing where bud crawford solidified himself in my opinion as the number two pound for pound boxer in the world behind canelo alvarez with a 10th round tko stoppage of sean porter Sean Porter is one of the most game, tough fighters that you've you've seen come come around in the um, welterweight division in boxing for quite some time. He's got some losses on his record, but he's never been finished. He's one of those guys that he's just been durable, and he's fought some of the best guys in the world. Never shied away from a fight, and honestly, I thought it was a pretty good fight. I thought that uh, Crawford had the the. Five rounds to four without doing the 10-9 thing here. I thought he won five out of the the first nine rounds, and in the 10th, he just put him away with a nice uppercut that connected. And then when Porter got up, he finished him off. I know Tommy didn't watch it, but I would be remiss if I didn't actually pay homage to Bud Crawford because I think when we're talking about the Floyds of the world and the, the Canellos of the world, this is the type of guy that the Floyd wouldn't fight. Over the last five, ten years because mm-hmm. he was the guy that was too good and you couldn't make oh, your name off of hates, him
0: anymore. Everybody hates when people say that.
1: Oh, Floyd never ran away from nobody. Yeah, yes, he did. Floyd never actually ran away from anybody, but what Floyd did his whole career was he said, on the A side, so do you know what bottling opponents means? Yeah. Like the actual, real what it means is like you're you're not you're not necessarily ducking a guy, but you're gonna you're gonna bottle it to the point where it's you're gonna make all the rules benefit you. So you're gonna change the glove size. You're gonna maybe make the ring a little bit bigger if you're fighting a, a bigger guy. You know, you're gonna make him cut down to one fifty two instead of his natural one fifty six that he fights at. You just make every small little thing suck a little bit more for the fighter. Mm-hmm. And then you bring him in on an extreme disadvantage. Like Look at what Canelo fought in his previous five fights going into the Floyd fight. Look at the weight he fought at in the Floyd fight, and then look at the weights that he's fighting at now. And you'll see why Canelo is sucked in. And Canelo even said it last week that Floyd would never fight this version of him at any point in his career because he never fought anybody in their prime. Maybe a couple guys on the come-up, but show me a guy that Floyd beat when he was in his prime. Ricky Hatton was washed up and fat. Pacquiao already coming off the Marquez starching, which that fight should have happened four times prior to that. I could go on and on. Conor McGregor even. like That's the guy that you're fighting here. You know, When Terrence Crawford, Danny Garcia, there's plenty of name-valued opponents in boxing, but at that point in his career, he had wanted nothing to do with it. He wasn't letting those guys make a name off of him. So no respect for Floyd. Um, a lot of respect for, for Bud Crawford and a lot of respect for Sean Porter. Um, I know this isn't a boxing show, but we, we'd be remiss to not talk combat about sports, it. Combat sports, man. Boxing counts under combat sports. So now that we, we ran through the weekend of MMA, now we're going switch to switch over to some more topical stuff. And usually where we get our topical information is from my boy Tommy's Rev Rundown. So take it away, Tommy.
0: All right, everybody, this week's Reverend Rundown is brought to you by Fightbook MMA, your worldwide leader in combat sports, health and fitness, and pro wrestling news. You can find them at www.fightbookmma.com and on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and indeed at Fightbook MMA. It's time for the Reverend's Rundown. Who the fuck is that guy? All right, everybody. Frank Gore, Platinum Mike Perry, Matt Mitrione, and Frank Mir are all set to get ready for their triller fight, and the music guests will be none other than the band to play on every continent in the world, Metallica. John Jones, it seems, will be participating in Fury professional grappling bout against Bellator heavyweight and pro wrestling star Jake Hager. Hager had sent out a tweet saying that nothing had been signed or even discussed yet, but I'm sure that's just all to sell pay-per-view buys and tickets. The last time we saw John Jones in action, Donald Trump was still president and Reebok was a UFC sponsor. Chris Cyborg states that all the Kayla Harrison fight talk is giving her serious Ronda Rousey vibes and that Kat Singano seems to be the only clear fighter that is in line to fight her. Colby Covington is back in the news, and he's been quoted saying that he wants to revive the uh, Ultimate Fighter TV show, and he wants to do it against George Masvidal. Masvidal was slated to fight his other nemesis, Leon Edwards, but had to withdraw due to injury. A loyal insider that is part of Team Chaos and trains trains at ATT spilled the beans on Masvidal's injury, saying that he broke his ribs and was seen exiting the gym crying. Colby told submission radio that on Saturday Now, is this the truth. Or do you think he's just pushing a narrative for the uh, ultimate fighter?
1: You're asking me if we could skip the next part because you obviously. Yeah. So that was the uh,
0: reverend's rundown for this week. I'm going to
1: look, I'm not even going to bash it. And I know Hawaii Mike, sorry, buddy. I'm not going to be too hard on Tommy on this one because
0: really this was a tough week. It
1: really, really tough was week. a tough week for MMA. Um, but we'll talk in order here, in, in order in which you have it in here. And then we'll see where we could go, we could come up with anything else as we go here. But we'll just go. Frank Gore, Platinum Mike, Perry, Matt Matreon, Frank Muir, all set to get ready to fight. So you didn't mention who Frank Gore's fighting. You know who he's fighting? No. He's fighting Utah. He's fight a basketball four, player. Former Utah Jazz point guard, former Brooklyn Net point guard, Darren Williams. Which... To me, I just got to ask you this.
0: Did you ever in your life of being a sports fan think that you were ever going to see Frank Gore, Mike Perry, Matt Mitrione, and Frank Mir on the same belly?
1: Absolutely not. But I will say this about Darren Williams. He is a legitimate, trained fighter. I don't know that he's never fought professionally, but he owns an MMA gym. He's been training MMA for the better part well, of Gore's the decade. Gore's been boxing forever, yeah, too. Yeah, so this isn't going to be something where, look, I think Frank Gore is going to dust him. Because it's boxing, and I think Frank Gore has just proven to me, like, he's, he could take a thump. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that sounded fucking... He could, no, he could he could take a shot. Pause. He could take a punch. I don't know about thumping. I don't
0: know if he could take a thumping. Well, I don't know. Maybe, uh, what's his name that he's fighting? Darren Williams. Maybe Darren Williams should have LeBron there to learn how to actually fight and not punch Terrible him. Terrible joke. This is stupid as fucking nah, thing. No, nah, he ran. He ran like a bitch.
1: Wait, he ran from like a bitch from the guy on a basketball court, whereas ran like a bitch. So which which part of which part of the the highlight did you see where he ran?
0: I watched the whole thing,
1: the whole video. Oh, so I wish I could just stand up and get in your face the way LeBron got in this guy's face. So as soon as this thing happened, this guy, LeBron elbows him, punches him, whatever happens. Within within one second, the guy's on the ground, right? As he gets up, LeBron goes right up to his face. They're face-to-face. He didn't run from anybody. I don't think, I don't think he realized that he was busted up bleeding. Look, look. So LeBron's right there. This guy's right there. They're face-to-face. Why didn't this guy act crazy then? Personally, I think he didn't realize that his eye was gushing blood. All right, well, you're are you a, so was a child? Like, you got punched in your face, and you need to be bleeding for you to react? Like, he looked pretty pissed off. Prior to that, they were jawing at each other, but he wasn't jawing at anybody until there was about thirteen people in between. Yeah, so, but
0: LeBron wasn't even. So at that around. point, at that point, what's
1: worse, knowing you as the hater that you are. Right, if LeBron James now stood there behind a, a line of eight people, one of them being Anthony Davis, who's seven foot two, with his hands up, flexed like he's going to fight, or try and throw, you would have been making fun of that. Like that you would have been making doing. fun of that. No, yeah, so that would have been a good situation. Everybody would have been on LeBron for different reasons. Instead, they could just have the you know what the same it narrative it, it that it they've was, had. That
0: fight right, would have been better look. than what we had I'm all, all talk-
1: weekend. You're right, and it already was. Right? <laughs> what we got there was already better. But I'm not talking about LeBron James anymore because. He's bitch. It's like you you have zero you, you you're not allowed to comment on the LeBron situation because he's you don't, a bitch because you don't have the ability to see things from a clear perspective because you're well, I'm looking at it weird. in a vacuum and he's a bitch all right, the bitch so John Jones <laughs> he's a bitch too. John Jones is trying to sell whatever they're doing. If him and Jake Hager dude, it's are trying to sell. Like, Hager is like, saying sell it's not pay- happening. Sell pay-per-views, sell this. John Jones basically was like, he's a WWE superstar. And he's like, wait, there's no, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not in WWE anymore. And he's like, I'm undefeated Bellator heavyweight. Yeah. And look, John Jones, nobody gives a fuck, dude. You're just trying to stay relevant at this
0: point. It's just crazy though. Like Hager's like, now you would think like, for Jake Hager, he's making—he's a name. You know, he is a name. You'd think he'd be all over it, like, okay, yeah, great. He's like, yeah, no, nothing's been signed, but we can talk. John Jones
1: was so proud to tell everybody that he was sixty days sober. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, John, John, you got your work cut out for you, buddy. <laughs> yeah,
0: sixty days. He was sober, talking like that sure. night back in
1: Vegas could have taken away everything, and it's like, no, it should have. Wait, like, was Vegas
0: sixty days ago?
1: Yeah. Wow. So it's like, no, you're you're again highlighting the the one of these issues with the ufc within pro sports in general it's like no like everything should have gotten taken from you you were a piece of shit and now
0: because you haven't drank a beer in 60 days which i don't believe no. anyway right now when he's saying he's 60 days sober that he does has, that hasn't had any booger sugar up his nose that's about it but yeah john jones you're a scumbag um come on the show and i'll i'll if
1: I met John Jones tomorrow, I'd be like, "Oh my god, it's John Jones!" I would talk so good right to his face, and then I'd be like, "Yeah, he's still a fucking scumbag." When I got on the show, for sure,
0: right?
1: <laughs> for sure. Um, so moving on, Chris Cyborg states that Kayla Harrison fight talk is giving her serious Ronda Rousey vibes. Did she say it with a deep voice? He's giving me yeah. the Ronda Rousey the, the vibes. vibes. Um. I'm not sure where. I guess I see where she's getting it—the whole judo thing—and but look, except one was a gold medalist, two-time gold medalist, and the other one was a bronze medalist. You know what Chris Cyborg talking about? Kayla Harrison um, is giving me what kind of vibes? It's giving me it's giving me Chris Cyborg talking about Ronda Rousey vibes, and never seeing the fight happen. And honestly, I, I firmly believe that Cyborg would have lost in both of those situations. Now that I, see I always it. said that too. Um, I and I, I and I'm not one to to even come close to giving Rousey any type of credit. I just think that Chris Cyborg is a complete drug cheat, and I'm not going to give her any credit. You have no room to stand on anything. You actually, I, I almost just went full
0: on. Yeah, I could. I almost saw it. It's, it was coming. I yeah. was like, so
1: <gasps> I'm gonna I'm gonna pump my brakes on this one before I get canceled. Although I honestly don't even think I'm cancelable at this point. Because you want to know why I just don't care. Yeah, no, I I don't Tommy D not care. Like I care a little bit. But it's more so I care for like the people in my life. Thank God for the editing. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, bro. I have some fucking I have some filth in these in these archives. Let me tell you, Tommy D, you are a dirtbag.
0: Um,
1: but that's why everybody loves you, bro. So keep up, keep up being a dirty scumbag and talking shit about all the hot button issues in politics and. A, I also want to congratulate you, John Jones, 60 days sober. Tommy D, seven days allowed on Facebook, right. It's crazy, rooted, isn't it? You know? That is a fucking world record for Tommy. Uh, moving past the Ronda Rousey and Chris cyborg <laughs> thing. I feel like this is 2014. Um, Colby Covington I think that The whole Colby Covington George Masvidal Ultimate fighter Is a perfect idea I love it I don't want to see Jorge Masvidal Building up a fight In any other way Other than him having to be Present in front of the person The entire time
0: Same thing with Colby Like I want to see that, that weird energy That's what's missing From that show I think Um now, you, you talk about like... Oh, when, oh, when, other than the fact that I don't watch it, nobody watches it anymore. Yeah, v- but Viewers mean, are yeah, also Yeah, but that, that's why. Like, they had Cody and TJ, and honestly, that got old after the first week because it was the same argument over and over and over and over again. Like, my favorite seasons was like Ken Shamrock and Tito Ortiz because they argued over everything, and then a fight... I also
1: like about. the fact that I, A, don't think Colby and Masvidal are actually... Have real beef? No, I don't. Either. I don't believe that at this point. I think that it will be interesting to see them have that dynamic where there's a lot of downtime on the Ultimate Fighter, where we see what we're seeing on the camera, but like they're in the same room for hours on hours. Like yeah. they have to talk, they have to have conversations, they have to be cordial in certain situations, and I think that Colby is so cringe when the camera goes on in a situation where he has to be filmed all the time. I, I, I would, I would love to see it. I want to see the how he turns it on and off and when because like you said like i said the ultimate fighter they it's cameras are rolling it's
0: not well, like they're it was like, be like action remember chael and john jones when they did their season chael Sutton had said so much shit about john jones when john wouldn't fight him like for the when he was going to step in that when they filmed that show chael's coming in talking to him like they're friends and john jones is sitting there like in the back of his head, he's like, this guy was just, like, trying to embarrass me publicly in the media and bashing me, and he didn't get the whole part of the show. Yeah. I mean, now these guys do, and Masvidal plays it up as well. So I think that might be an entirely cringe, cringe season on, yeah, on both Yeah, and sides. I think
1: that Masvidal right now, he better take whatever— I think he's got, like, maybe one or two good paydays left in the UFC because I, I'm, I'm a Masvidal fan. I am obviously if you're a fight fan, you've been on the Masvidal train for a long time. If you're like a real fight fan, yeah. you've been watching this guy for for since day 1. He's been always been a tough game fighter, always a good guy to have on any card. But look, bro, it's it's when you fight at the top and like that's that's the the bar that you set for yourself. The top is a fucking tough place to stay for a long time. And honestly, he got to the top based off of a couple, I wouldn't say fluky things, but the neon on Askarin combined with a few other things that just lined up right, the Diaz fight, there really wasn't any huge win for Masvidal. It's like, who did he... Uh, Darren Till, that yeah. was probably his biggest,
0: craziest win because of the, it was just a guy that was a bigger fighter. I mean, better, well, Nate Diaz... The, uh, I hate to say that Nate Diaz was his biggest win because Nate didn't even look like he wanted to be in that fight. But you agree now. Do you agree? It's
1: like Masvidal kind of lucked into the like situation. His biggest win where was Ben Askren. His biggest win was, was Leon Edwards in the hallway. Yeah, that too. Honestly. And then couple that with the Askren thing. and then, So there was a few things that just, that just ignited, marketable the, shit. ignited the star power behind the Jorge Masvidal thing. But look, he just doesn't belong in the top five. And these guys that are the money fights, they're all up there. Outside of the Diaz thing, but does anybody really? I think that there's a little bit of, and I hate to admit this, but I don't think people really give a shit about seeing Nate Diaz go get pounded for five minutes, 5, tw- uh, five, five no, minute I rounds.
0: Mean, you know, you think about the rise of Masvidal. So he's fought for the belt twice. He's got lost. he's
1: got 14 losses.
0: Yeah, I mean, he fought for the belt twice and he lost. Um, he had a shot to to go for the belt a couple of years ago. Uh, Back when we were doing Pride Rules and Damian Maya was like a backpack on him and, you know, kind of negated all that. So it's like he's always been there. But to me, his most exciting fights are kind of the meaningless ones where he could just go out there and just do what he needs to do. And I know everybody says, well, the BMF was a title fight nothing no don't stop it meant actually
1: it's actually one of the things that and i'm it was insulting it was insulting to the sport it was not it was cool i was down for it obviously like just the the matchup i was i was excited for the fight itself but the whole theatrics behind it it almost took some of the shine off both nate and masvidal because it's so counterproductive to like the bmf and now we're gonna give you this fucking token belt yeah you know if nate got if nate won that fight i don't think he would have taken the belt I think he would have got, like, were you going to let The Rock put the belt on Nate? He you, been know, like, Nate the fuck you know we what Nate would have said?
0: I've been the baddest motherfucker in this motherfucker my whole career. I don't need a belt to tell me that. That's exactly what he would say.
1: Yeah, I, I could see the, you see the finish line ahead, Tommy, right now? I'm not talking about for Nate or Masvidal. I'm talking yeah. about for the fucking show. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I do. Like, it's like, we're chugging along, we're chugging along, but
0: I'm fucking running out of steam, bro. It's, it's. I hate weeks like this, man. There's really nothing much going on. You can't really talk about much because it's mostly speculation. It's all speculative. And here's the thing. When you when we talk about there's plenty of fights
1: signed for, but it's a difficult situation because we don't want to talk in depth about a fight that's going to happen in a month. No, it gets canceled, a, like the Masvidal fight. Not only that, but because in a month, we're going to want to talk about it. So it's <laughs> like we don't want to preview a fight when it gets announced and then preview the same fight. On fight week, it's just a
0: well, you know, it shows like this. Where I wish we had a guest. I know I've been talking to Dave about. Uh, we we have a guest that might be joining us soon. When you say guest, you mean
1: like uh, another potential co-host, or do you mean like a guest? Like a, guest a guest, guest. Oh, okay, yes. The C- CFFC. Yeah, yeah. Of course, and but in general, we need more guests anyway. So I think that should be your job. You should be the guest liaison for Chop Sports. You remember those days? Honestly, but you have to clear them with me because I don't want Shamrock FC's fucking journeyman, a guy that's my age. Like, how about this? You ready? Here's the here's the, the criteria for a guest. Would Chris fight him? <laughs> if I would fight him in real life, then he's not allowed on the show. Because, like, there's some of these guys that we used to get on, I'd be like, I think I could fuck this guy up. Right? Shorty, so, Shorty was a fun guest. Yeah, yeah, but he's kind of another one that's like, He's not really fighting much now. I think he bailed out of his last fight
0: because well, yeah, he. Now that he's getting older, his body's not adapting to that really low weight cut that he's been used to doing. So he's going to go up, which is good. Anyway, but yeah, we definitely. You know, much. you
1: know, when we're talking about like the archives on the, the Pride rules. Oh MMA come on, we gotta have yes. an archive show. We have to. No oh, man, I gotta. We we gotta bury those
0: days. Especially if I give you some videos or some good sound bites, like when you. <laughs> I'm not going to say it cuz it will get us canceled. <laughs> you're
1: talking about Chris Cyborg? No. <laughs> that was like light. That was like the 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 most cancelable thing that we used to talk about is like light. No,
0: I wish I could say it because it was an it was a such a, a nod to Omar <laughs> because what you said wasn't wrong at all, but <laughs> Omar was able to spit it that oh, way. Oh, I know
1: exactly what you're saying. <laughs> Are we talking about the athletes in the heavyweight division? Wow, you guys are
0: really athletic.
1: <laughs> but, um, I can anyway, not
0: breathe. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> I feel like we had some fun in this show. It is over. The yeah. sh- show is over. We managed to get 35 minutes in. I'm not sure how much of this I'm going to cut out, but I, I think I'm just going to leave it, leave it together. I- I'll-, I'll just leave it in. I don't really care. I really don't care. Um, So, look, shout-out to everybody that's out there supporting Chop Sports. Shout-out to all of the listeners of The Daily Show. I have the Packers podcast out now. Dave's got the the All About the Star Cowboys podcast. Pretty much, we got a podcast for all the sports. Please go check out chopsportsmedia.com. We are in the process of kind of revamping the website. We just put together an email blast thing, so be on the lookout for some emails pretty much saying everything that we're releasing that day that week etc so we're, we're trying to get our foot in the door as far as marketing goes and grow this thing to a little bit of a bigger platform than we already have and um, Tommy I know you probably got some plugs and then we'll wrap this bitch up
0: alright everybody make sure you head over to www.fightbookmma.com for all of your pro wrestling and fight combat sport needs um, every Thursday night well actually no Uh, It would be every Thursday night, but uh, the Sitting Ringside guys are taking a little bit of a hiatus until after this holiday. So uh, next Thursday night, check out Sitting Ringside with, of course, the owner, Roberto Villa, producer Rudy Lara, and, of course, the shitster, Dave Rodriguez. You can see Sitting Ringside on Fightbook MMA's Facebook and YouTube page. Um, It'll be about 9 o'clock Eastern time. Yeah, nine o'clock Eastern time. And that's uh that's all I got, man. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving to all of Happy you out there that are. Thanksgiving, everybody.
1: Now Tommy, karate chop that motherfucking button.
0: Okay, hey, I think the Wu Tang, some of the Wu Tang live in Jersey. We should see about getting them come on to come on and do a theme song for us. Fuck you, Raiders.